Thought Bubble Audio. Look, up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in paints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is my man who loves trilogies that wrap up. Frank, how are you today? I'm feeling a big sense of closure. I'm feeling a big sense of completeness and wholeness. Uh, I'm feeling good. How are you, my friend? Oh, I'm feeling quite well. I am feeling many of those same things, you know, just as as a as a general human being. But also, Frank, because we we saw that we saw the Star Wars. We saw the newest Star Wars. We saw the newest Star Wars. Frank, what did you think of the newest Star Wars? Um, is going to be the main question that I ask you over the course of the show. But the first question I want to ask you is, what are you what are you drinking? Well, as it is christmas and at christmas you tell the truth mm. um uh i am i'm enjoying a good chimay rouge uh chimay or chimay red um this is one of the one of my absolute all-time favorite belgian beers brewed by monks in in belgium it is fantastic it is delicious it is everything mwah, that i want out of a out of a beer um so i'm i'm enjoying one of my favorite beers because it's christmas uh this show is coming out a little bit early uh because we wanted to get it to you before christmas so you have time to listen to it while you're not you know with your with your family those of you who celebrate christmas so um yeah celebrating a little bit early but what about you oh frank well in honor of star wars and not christmas i am drinking a devil's trumpet brewing company space caravan whoa i don't know this one okay devil's really I've had this on the show before, question mark, I think, uh, actually. Maybe. It, does, it doesn't, Space Caravan doesn't sound familiar. Devil's Trumpet sounds vaguely familiar, but tell okay. me about it. They're from Indiana uh, originally and available at my local my local brewery store, mm. um, which is not a real thing. Uh, it is an American, it is an American IPA. Um, mm. It's, it's, it's got a, it's got a light amber, it's like a light amber look. Fruity, malty, nice hop, you know, all the things that make all the things that make IPAs. Sure. Um, but I got it because Space Caravan. IPA is not normally my go to. Right. But this right. one isn't this one isn't so hoppy okay. that you're like, Bleh, I need a I need a drink to cleanse my mouth of of the hoppiness. Sure, sure. You don't need you don't need to water have you know, go go one for one with water to like feel like a human. Right, yeah. Right, no. right, right. Okay. Give me give me all the water, please. Right, I need to right. feel like a human again. Right. Yes. Space Caravan. Nice. Space Caravan. Space. Yeah. It's garbage. not often that you endorse an IPA, so this that that's meaningful. You know, I'm here for you that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, listen, we have both seen the rise of Skywalker twice now. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Lucky, lucky men that we are. So we saw them within hours of each yeah, other. That's true. We saw we saw it for the first time on Thursday night, like an hour apart. Mm-hmm. And then we saw it again on Friday, and as my screening was ending, your screening was beginning. Like, literally, you're like, I'm walking out right now, and I'm like, well, I'm in my seat. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was great. It was great. So both times we, we saw it, like, basically at the same time. Um, yes. Which is just weird friendship mm-hmm. vibes. But um, but there you go. So Weird friendship vibes. Weird friendship that. vibes. That's what we have. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I really, really liked it. I'm not going to go so far as to say I loved it, but I really, really liked it. All right, now I'm gonna I'm gonna do two things here. I'm okay. gonna say, are we gonna do one or two episodes on Rise of Skywalker? This um, is... Let's do. I I think we're gonna do one, probably sort of bonus sized eighty page giant, if you will. Um, oh, okay, we could do that. I was thinking, like, what if we talked about 
on this episode, what if we just talked about Rise of Skywalker okay. and maybe its relation to the um, new trilogy? Yeah. Um, and then we could talk about its relation to Star Wars as a whole on a whole other episode. Sure. Is that possible? I mean, I, I don't think, know if that's possible. I think we're going to do lots of episodes about this in the future anyway. So my, my thinking think so is, too. let's just have a conversation. Let's just chat about the movie. Let's just talk about like the stuff we want to talk about. And honestly, I've been thinking mm-hmm. about this, the especially the second time through. I was like, oh, I want to talk about that with Tim. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that. And there's way too much to talk about. I think what we need to do is do a commentary when it comes out. Absolutely. I am 100% on board for that. We never did a commentary on... I don't think we did last Jedi. Jedi. I don't even know either. If we did. did we do the Force Awakens? I don't know. It's been a long know. time since we've done a commentary. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Since, yeah, the Star Wars commentary we did all before the Force Awakens came out, and then I don't know if we've done one since. We did Batman eighty nine. We've done other commentaries, but I don't know if we've done um, a Star well, Wars. One well, it looks like we've got something. We've got something. So my point being, we have plenty to talk about in this movie. So the way I see it, let's just talk about the movie, like. As right. a new movie, the way we talk about new movies. All right. First off, this is something that I definitely wanted to talk about when I when I was watching it. Uh, uh, Dose mm. is um, everyone's got a feeling that's their big that's their big word. This this go yeah. around, you yeah. know, like Ray says it first. I have a feeling, and then and then Poe says I have a feeling. And then Jaina says, I have a feeling. And then Poe says it again. Finn, Finn not Poe. Finn, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. Poe's got no feelings. <laughs> Except lusty feelings or something. Hey, I don't no. know. Yeah. So, um, so, here's my, so here is my question. Was the, if we're going to talk about it all together, was the purpose of The Force Awakens that there was going to be a lot more Force users out there. And the reason that Poe even snaps out of his stormtrooper-ness... Finn. Did I say Poe again? Yeah. Bye. <laughs> what is happening to me? Did I say Poe again? Uh, yeah. Um, mm. But okay, yeah. Th- yeah. There's something uh, going on in the Force... Um, that that, is, that snaps the, these stormtroopers out of their out of their conditioning. Yeah. I think you know, that might be something to that. I definitely was getting that vibe that, you know, actually, I took it a little bit of a, a more, uh, a less interesting way I, is the way, way I thought of it. I like your idea better. But the way I was starting to think was like, are they, when they're like stealing these children, right? Because we saw it, it post, mm-hmm. <laughs> Finn said it in The Force Awakens <laughs> and now Jaina said, you got me doing it. And then Jaina said it um, in this film that she was like stolen as a child and, and yes. drafted, right? Mm-hmm. Conscripted. Um I, I had the thought when she said it that like are they are is the first order like finding force sensitive children and turning them into stormtroopers like that was where my brain went but I oh. like your idea better that there's something happening in the force where like everybody look because the force surrounds us and binds us and penetrates mm-hmm. us um so what if like everyone's got a little bit of the force everyone's got a little low level midichlorian count right that's right but what if something happened uh, in the force awakens or at, at that time that that sort of Everyone came online a little bit, and everyone's got just a teeny bit of of force sensitivity if they if they listen if they if they tap into it. You know, I kind of like I like that idea too. I mean, you could really smush them together. I don't think sure. that the first order was conscripting, 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 drafting, drafting, <laughs> um, poeing. Uh, they, I don't think that they were only taking force sensitive kids because we there are like. So if you go to, I've read almost every one of the new Star Wars books, you know that that are out there, you know, um, right for this for this in universe. So I read, I just recently read the Phasma book. Oh, and nice. so like she is, she is not force sensitive. Like the whole that whole book is about her like joining the First Order and blah 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 blah. And um, but she is not like strictly force sensitive, and they it makes no like the whole book is about like becoming a stormtrooper mm-hmm. and they don't make any mention of that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so but yeah so so, there you go. so that so that's I, that's I, why i like your idea better <laughs> oh i think you could i think you could still ring it that way though you yeah. could still like go in that direction um but yeah i think that's kind of where they wanted to go originally mm. and they because so here's the thing i 
I really like Last Jedi, and I think like we should get that out there. Like, it's me. I'm a supporter. You know, like it's not a secret. <laughs> right. Um, I really like Last Jedi. However, it doesn't fit in the context of its book-ended movies now. Like, it, like some of it does. Like, they didn't flat out ignore things, or like, some things move on. They don't mention it. You know, it's been a while. You know, like whatever. That's okay. But, um it doesn't progress the characters tons from the force awakens. So rise of Skywalker had to play a lot of catch up. Yes, that's right. That's right. So that's right. So that's probably my biggest, if I have criticisms of this film, which I have some, um, that's probably the biggest criticism I have is that there's a lot of catch up from rise of sky from, uh, last Jedi. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I do want to talk mostly about the, about the positives that I have because I have more positives than negatives at this point. After the Me first too. viewing, after the first viewing, you and I chatted immediately after the first viewing, as mm-hmm. we did after the last Jedi too. Called called each other on the way home, and because we're friends, because we're friends, and I we both were sort of you know there's a few criticisms I have that are kind of like my feeling at least was like I don't like that I that I that I have these feelings like I don't like that there are certain criticisms I have and I wish I could explain them away or something. Mm-hmm. But from my perspective, for the second time I watched it, those things bothered me way less because, like, mm-hmm. I think it was on the first viewing, I had questions, and I was like, ah, how does this fit? Does it fit? The second time through, I felt like the story kind of, and I'm going to borrow a phrase a little bit from what I heard the Rebel Force Radio guys say and their analysis of it, but really, the story, the the, the, the plot, the story of the of this film was pretty linear and pretty direct and the way they described it was like it was like dominoes falling one thing happens and that causes the next thing to happen causes the next yes. thing to happen and mm-hmm. it was the second time through that i really saw that saw how like boom 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 a to b to c to d um the first time through i was like this is a little it almost felt convoluted like we're going here we're going here we're going there we're going there. i don't really see how these things connect but the second time through it really felt like it it strung together mm. the thing was um it feels like jj jj this was almost two films worth of story in one film yep Mm -hmm. because it feels like he he was sort of like well we took this this uh and i like the last jedi as well um i i I was also a a last jedi supporter um overall there were problems i had with it but overall i was like no this is not sure i don't have the same issues with it that people do i have problems with every star wars movie it's not me too um so yeah exactly um i I criticize things because i love them that's right but uh, this You're time it kind truly of truly Italian like... that way. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, exactly. <laughs> it includes people. Um, so... <laughs> so I I feel like um, the Last Jedi was this almost like a detour in the story, and JJ was like, mm-hmm. okay, well that was nice and that happened, but now we're going to come back to my story, and and in order to do it, I have to do a lot of work. I have to do a lot of storytelling to to to. Make, to bring us back sort of on track of to the story I wanted to tell. That's right. Um, and it feels like he was given license or even told to do that. Yes. I it, it it did feel a little bit like um it did feel a little bit like here are all the things on the before JJ was brought in, it's like here's all the things on the whiteboard. Yeah. We've got to JJ, we gotta cover all these things. You cool yeah. with that? Here's your checklist, like, right? Make sure yeah. everything in this fit them in however you want, but like Somehow we gotta we gotta get these things in here. We gotta we gotta mm-hmm. talk about Ray's lineage. We gotta have Ray and Kylo kiss. We gotta have like these things have to happen, um, in order for for this to, for us to wrap up this trilogy and and, and send it home. That's right. Like the the revelation of Ray as a um, the revelation of Ray as a Palpatine feels like that's like a Luke I am your father moment very much so you know very much no, so I should say no I am your father because I'm a real Star Wars fan and I know what the line is there you go don't at me at Frank instead hey. um, <laughs> I know the line too yeah <laughs> and so it's definitely a no I it's a no I am your father moment which is a cliffhanger and then you pick up the rest and right. so the New York Times review which was complimentary even um, but it it said um, it, the review said this is five hours of movie in two hours. Yes, it's yes. five hours of plot in, in in two in two hours, which may be your thing. But I feel like the two hour um like the two hour mark is also a Disney mandate. They're like, we got to do it. Like, we can't have a super long one. We got to make the most money out of this because we're worried. 
So you have to make it short. Last Jedi was also really long, right? Like that's another thing they probably didn't want to like. We don't want to go even longer than that, um, right? Yeah, but I, I think you, the the pace of this is, is rather like Return of the Jedi, where it's it's very intense at the beginning, you know, and then and then it slows to a crawl, and then and then it picks back up again. I noticed it less the second the second. You know time. what? Yeah, the second time through, I actually think I disagree with the first time I, we talked about it. You said that, and I agreed with it. But after seeing it the second time, I kind of disagree. I feel like it's pretty evenly paced and pretty quick paced the whole way through. Like, there's a lot happening all the time. So, I, like, I'm trying to remember, where do you feel like it slowed down? And it's okay if, if you don't, if you just have a feeling and you, if you have a feeling uh, a and feeling. you don't remember a specific. But, but I, would I, say, I didn't really feel that way as much the second time. I would say about the time Chewie gets kidnapped. Okay, okay. I would say that's pretty much about the time that's pretty much about the time where it doesn't um it doesn't exactly connect it doesn't exactly so when they when they're with together. Zori and they're wiping 3PO and all that stuff that's about where it starts to slow down but okay. i think the zori stuff was very fast yeah um yeah it, that, that, that's a, that's a perfect example of a character like a phasma or a boba fett that like doesn't get a lot to do but look cool yeah i actually really liked that character I did too. Like I want to see more of Zori. Same. Actually, the 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 back and forth at the end between Poe and Zori, the wordless like. Oh hey. my god, that exchange! That just I think it's one of my. That's I think that's one of my favorite Star Wars moments. Now it's, it's certainly so one of my favorite. Certainly funny. one of my favorite Poe moments. Poe, I think, was more charming in this movie than he's been up until uh, like to date. No, I think it's because he had a clear direction. And because because he was supposed to die in the first one, right? Right. But they liked Oscar Isaac so much that they were like, hang around. Right. Do some more stuff. But, you know, like, and so they had to make him something. I had a friend who had a criticism that he's a little too much like Han Solo now. Like, oh, he's a spice runner, blah, 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 blah. But I don't care. That's kind of the, that's the, that's Star Wars. You take yeah. an archetype and you, yeah. like, fit new names onto them. Um, But I really, I really loved that scene where he was like, they were like, you're a spice runner? He's like, Are you, were you a stormtrooper? Were you a scavenger? <laughs> we could do this all night. This all day. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I thought uh, Poe was, and by uh, when I say Poe, I mean Poe this time. Yeah, I really, I really, really liked him. This movie. Um, I felt like I did feel like he didn't really learn his lessons from the Last Jedi, though. I agree with that. Where he's still like a little like I don't know what to do. I'm a little confused, and I'm like, but that is what you should have learned last movie. Yeah. Although his. But his plan of action is a little less like just go in and kill everyone. Like he has, it's, he has a better plan this time, though not exactly. Not because exa they still because yeah. they still kind of get caught. They still get like massacred. Like they, mm -hmm. they're still like, you know. I mean, I guess, I guess, you know, when the emperor gets his supercharged lightning, there was no way that Poe could have expected that. But, um, nope. but, but still, it did sort of feel like it. He hadn't really learned the lesson Holdo was trying to teach him. That is I did correct. like. I did appreciate the reference to Holdo when they're like, oh, "Listen, that was one in a million. We're never gonna get. We're never gonna do that again." Me too. Uh, um, I feel like that was actually one of the things that had to be on the whiteboard. Probably, you know, like because there was a lot of like, "Why don't you do that all the time?" And I want to be like, "Because ships are really expensive, <laughs> right, and it's right. a suicide mission, it's a suicide and mission, like, yeah. yeah, and like there are lots of reasons why you shouldn't do that all the time." I feel like there's a twofold thing there. I think one, you're absolutely right. It needed to be. It needed to be in the movie because they wanted to address it because that, that mm -hmm. was sort of controversial. Holdo was a controversial character, so they wanted to address it. And two. I think they wanted to they wanted to explain why they weren't going to do this again, right? Like, because mm -hmm. it does seem like, well, you did it once. Why couldn't you just crash a ship into the other ship again? Like, and um, oh yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. but they wanted to explain, like, well, all right, that was we kind of we might have written ourselves into a corner with that because now it's like just do it every time. You know, it's like, well, if this superpower, if this superhero has this superpower, why don't they just use that all the time? Well, because it sort of would get real boring if they did it every time. So that is correct. A reason why they can't. Sometimes Spider-Man um, has to run out of web fluid. Like, yeah, that's exactly right. So, yeah. like, you need to raise the stakes somehow. So they had to say, like, listen, that was a one in a million. That's never going to happen again. Let's just get that out of the way so that so that people, you know, wouldn't criticize it, saying, like, they could have just crashed a ship into the other ship and called it a, you know, called it a day. Um, and, and that left room for Finn and Jaina to do what they did with, like, attacking the control tower uh, mm -hmm. of, the, of the Star Destroyer with its own gun. Yes. Yes, a hundred. Yeah, a hundred percent. Oh, I got to talk about that. 
this is the first time we've ever been that close to a Star Destroyer. Yeah. Like, up close. And I just, like, couldn't stop taking it in. because so cool. like Because, like, if you think about it, in the history of Star Wars, Star Destroyer started out as a two-foot model. Yes. Or, like, a four-foot model, however big it was. And then, and now they're standing on what is essentially that model. You right. know what I mean? Like, that is crazy to me. It's that they like, had to, like, it's, oh, it's yeah. like when we got that close to the Death Star in the original Star Wars, right? Like, on the surface of mm-hmm. this of this thing. That's um, right. Except that we've had 42 years of looking at these things. From to, far away. From far right. away. And now we're real up close. I mean, even when we saw one in Rogue One, right? And we saw, like, it... it uh, a close-up shot of it. We were like, wow, look at all the detail on that Star mm-hmm. Destroyer. That's so cool. And now we're literally walking on it. That's right. It's the walking on. Like, the scale of... Because you you, you kind of... You get the scale, but ships are ships on a screen. Like, you can only look so far. But to, for them to just be standing on it and how vast it truly... Like, I was I was really taken, like, not aback a because that makes it sound like a bad thing, but, it, like, it made me catch my breath. Yeah. Like, it was... That was really really neat i i loved that so much and i loved the almost like horse race justification from the last jedi to then have them running on the horses in this one you know i didn't think about that in that way but that's kind of true this is sort of a mirroring of that yeah that is true yeah i i I liked i liked even the in movie explanation of like they were going to the the first order was going to try and jam their speeders but they couldn't cuz they didn't have speeders yep that was really that was... i i liked that they even so like that group of stormtroopers that's no longer stormtroopers jaina and like all this this yeah, yeah. this this group like their i love their rejection of technology because it to them represents part of like being in the first order sure, and their sure their childhood and like all this stuff. So they're like bows and arrows and horses. That's not because they have to, it's because they like choose to reject that. Back to basics off the grid. Like, yeah, but they use, I love that they use their information. I will always say that about uh, Finn's character that they always, he, he knows the stuff and they always utilize that info. He's like necessary that way. Uh, I, I really like that. I actually really liked Finn in this movie where I can't say that about the other two. He he kind of annoys me in the other two movies. Oh, I liked him a lot in The Force Awakens, but I I was I was not thrilled with his storyline in The Last Jedi. I so I I liked him a lot opposite. more in this film. I am the opposite of that. I he, he kind of got on my nerves. He was a little too excited, a little too big, like just a little too there was a little too much happening. Mm. And then um, I, I, I didn't love his story in Last Jedi, but I did like his arc conclusion with his battle with Phasma because yes, he like is, that. he's yeah. confronting the representation of like his, his grief and his pain and his childhood and like all this stuff. So I, I really liked that. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and, and, but I really liked what he, I really liked what he did with his character. He was just reserved and he like, like he was confident and he knew what to do and like he. He he didn't overstep his, uh, he didn't bypass his logic for emotion like he did so like he's done so many times before, like oh emotions are new for me and so like he's kind of like found this gap between the two of them. I really, I really dug that and I really want to watch. I'd watch a movie or a television show with Jaina and Finn, like a hundred percent. Oh, absolutely, which, I would. Which I kind of feel like we got to set up for. Um, not only just a, possibly a setup for, but um, John Boyega did a like a oh my god, I love the people I work with video thing, and um, Naomi Aki, the the woman who played Jaina, she says, "I'll see you real soon. I have a feeling." Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I think she's getting a, a Disney Plus series, maybe with I think I think it it might be like the Jaina show with. With Lando being in it, with Finn being in it, you know, like I, I have a feeling that's I have a feeling uh, yeah. that might that might be what's what's yeah. on the docket for I, her. I, I think so too, just because that that scene with Lando and Jaina felt a little forced. Like here's Lando Calrissian, like the general that they all know. Like we know who he is, three PO. Yeah, like, yeah, right, right. You know, and and she's just like he's just sitting by himself and she's like where are you from general like what a weird question to ask somebody and then let's like, find out and then let's find out yeah and he's there's like there's your yeah, there's kid. your pilot right there right there's yep, your backdoor right pilot 
Yep, right there. Let's find out, kid. Actually, I gotta say, though, Billy D. Williams crushed it. Still got it. He he still has. He came on screen. I was like, my God, he looks good. I know. He's 82 years old. So good. I, did you know that was him before he even took the mask off? Like, when he, uh-huh. showed, when he shot that stormtrooper through the eye, yep. and he was like, uh-huh. Leia sent me, come with me. I was like, yep, that's him. Yep, 100% him. Yep. I, I just knew it. Well, I mean, I know Billy D's build, I think. And so I think that's that was kind of a part of it. And I know he's in the movie, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I I dug it. I also I also really loved that he and Luke had this, like, side adventure where he was, like, still with the Rebellion and the Alliance. Like, that now in canon, like, Lando doesn't, like, he doesn't peace out and, like, go do another thing. He's like, right. nope, going to rebuild the nope. Republic. He stuck around. He, yeah, yeah. Do you think that, that those adventures happened during the era w- before Luke was on Octu when he was, like, building the new jedi training the new I, jedi he yes. went off on this adventure with lando and probably he, other yeah. adventures too in the mix i think so yeah that's what I, I thought I, the i was thinking about this during the movie actually so luke's only he only disappeared for a couple of years he wasn't gone for those 30 years obviously because he was like training the jedi and you know like doing these other adventures and you know looking for sith temples and so what you know blah 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 blah, blah all that stuff training leia which we'll get back to right um so when so Kylo Ren's only been functioning as Kylo Ren pro- before Force Awakens, probably four to five years, I'd say. I, yeah, I'd say five. I'd say five years, and and maybe Luke disappeared. I mean, he's been f- functioning as Kylo Ren. Do you, so so do we think that Force Awakens happens like five years after the incident between Luke and and Ben? Some, I think so. Something okay. along those lines. So Luke's been missing for about five years. That's but, right. Um. Yeah, I, I could I could sign on to that. Maybe someone listening knows. Maybe there's something in a comic or a, a novel or something that I haven't read. Certainly, you've you've read more of the novels than I ever have. Speaking of comic, would recommend the new Charles Soule Kylo Ren miniseries. Oh, really? Okay. Because it, it starts with the burning of the Jedi Temple. Oh, great. Okay, I, I do want I do want to read that story. Now yeah. that we've had the completion of Kylo's arc, I actually am even more interested. Yeah, back. Oh, it's only one issue so far. It's only it's only going to be four. So there's like no catch up. You just have sure. your just, one issue behind, and it came out last Wednesday. Right, and so, if it's a five issue miniseries, then I can read that in like an hour. So yeah. pretty sure it's even four. Like okay. you could read it. In, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moves quickly. It's well written. Snoke's main character. Nice. Like so, you see like where it all where it all plays out. Let's talk Snoke since you mentioned him. Mm, all right. So, so was Snoke... I knew it. We saw the, the back-to-tank with the, the Snoke parts floating. Mm-hmm. Was Snoke a puppet created by the Emperor, or was Snoke, as had been sort of bandied about as a theory, was Snoke sort of a uh, deformed, failed clone of the Emperor? Oh, okay. So I had always kind of worked on the assumption that he was a failed clone, right? But I don't think that's the case anymore. Okay. I think he is a literal creation of the Emperor as a puppet to like do the things he needs to do because the Emperor was stuck to a machine. And so people he like his created face. a Frankenstein to go be his body out, out and do his bidding. His yep. drone, his his his, his puppet. Basically, yeah. okay. Because a, there's a line in that Charles Soul miniseries or something where Luke. Skywalker is actually the reason that Snoke is deformed. So, Ooh. yeah. So, and I don't, there's no story behind it yet. Like, I don't know, like, where that comes from. Sure, but, but like a line that referenced that. A line that referenced that, like, sorry about what, like, Luke did to your face, basically. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And, and so, um, so he is, um, so, so that, like, deformed clone, he could be, he could still technically be a clone of the Emperor, like, just not, like, a fully formed one sure but he looks the way he looks because of because of luke i'm trying to remember did the ones in the back to tank have the the messed up face kind of yeah. yeah but not like they didn't have that big split down yeah, their forehead okay. okay yeah um and so but uh and snoke's backstory had never been revealed he knew he came from the outer regions and um and that's that's pretty much it that's it and so, and that's that's where hexagonal, hexa, hexagonal, hexagonal. Um, I knew it sounded like a. It like sounds a like geomet- hexagon. Yeah. yeah, it sounded like geometry, but I couldn't remember. Uh, I, so that that is in the out that is in the outer region. So right. um, this Way uncharted planet. Um. So anyway, so are are you satisfied that with Snoke just being a puppet, and that's like 
Yeah. It's I fine. Too. It's fine. You know, it's fine. It does feel like a lot of things were like they didn't know where they were going with them in episode seven. And yep. and that is still kind of clear. Like it's it's if you really look, you can kind of see the seams. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I don't even th- they're not really well stitched seams. Not, not super well. But, but so like if I was going to, again, lovingly criticize, mm-hmm. um, I would point those things out. I'd point out that like it's pretty clear that they didn't know who Snoke was going to be when they started out. I don't think they knew who Ray was going to be when they started out. I don't think they knew, um, you know, I, I can think of other things too, but it's pretty clear they didn't have a an arc planned out when they started this. And to be mm-hmm. fair, neither did George in 77. That's um, what I think too. I, but, I mean, th- there are different versions of that story. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Um, I think that they had like a rough thing of like, you know, Ray will find out who she is and that will be meaningful. Like very, very, very rough, rough sketch. Mm-hmm. But um I think I would prefer and I I hope that going forward, because I think we can all agree, I've been saying this for a long time and now having seen this film, we're gonna get more stories with Ray Poe and Finn. Mm-hmm. Um I 100%. do th- I do have a theory of how they're gonna structure that. Ooh. Um that I'll get to in a second. But okay. if we're gonna get more of those films, I do want them to have an idea of where it's going i want them to have like a a blueprint of like we're gonna here are the things we're gonna hit like obviously there'll be changes along the way but Mm -hmm. i do hope that we get some sort of a blueprint so that it's not just sort of winging it and you see them pretty sharply take turns like the last jedi was a turn and uh, and and at the time i i and still say like that wasn't necessarily a bad thing but i do think for like the smoothness of the flow of this trilogy it feels a little out of place now Yes, I I'm a hundred percent with you because even though like let's say George didn't have everything exactly mapped out, there were some things that were still in his brain, like like the Emperor was in charge of the Empire all the way back in the Force, all the way back in A New Hope. You know, mentioned the, mentioned the a Emperor new hope. has dissolved the Senate. Blah 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 blah. blah. No, that's my wait. No, that's not my Tarkin. That's my that's my Obi Wan. <laughs> Grand Moff Obi Wan. Uh, the emperor has dissolved. There, yeah, that's better. I had to, I had to go higher, <laughs> less nasally. Um, but anyway, uh, so th- some of that was mapped. Like maybe Vader and Luke's relationship wasn't mapped, and like you can see those seeds in the prequels, where like all of a sudden they're like, "Where um, Master Yoda trained me? Enter Qui Gon." And you're like, "Sure, what? Sure, who's absolutely. this guy?" Absolutely, yeah. Or Leia remembering her mother, like things like this. Yeah, yeah. yeah like they're all they don't. Star Wars never exactly matches up. And actually, I want to go back to that New York Times, the New York Times review, actually, because they said something in it, and I actually meant I I meant to text it to you yesterday, and I I forgot. Um, I want to see if I can find the exact line. It was written by uh, A.O. Scott. If anybody wants to follow me, he's a great reviewer. I'm putting it in the uh, show notes. Excellent. Um, and so he says, da, 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 ba, uh, most really have grown to fond. Ba, be, 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 be. Oh, okay. So um, at least since Return of the Jedi, the point of each chapter has been consolidation rather than distinction. For a single film to risk being too interesting would be to imperil the long-term strategy of cultiva- cultivating a multi-generational, multinational fandom. Mm. The Rise of Skywalker, Episode Nine, in case you got lost count, is one of the best. Also one of the worst perfectly middling it all amounts to the same thing interesting yeah that's a very interesting point of view yeah it's uh i agree with him from a certain point of view Mm -hmm. just to you know uh that star wars franchises work because none of them really stand out from one another that's why people debate which one's the best one all the time and rise of skywalker is just tied for fourth you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it's just that's so perfectly said. Tied for fourth. Yeah. That that's from the New York Times article. I cannot claim oh, really? that as my own. I'm pretty sure that was from there. Maybe it's from my brain. No, I'm pretty sure that it's it's it, like you know everyone's got their favorite. Let's say it's Empire, and then you got your second favorite, and then you got your third, and then everyone's like, nope. After that, they're all just they're all fourth place. It is like, here in the article. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. only result could be a nine way tie for fourth place. Yep. Oh, yeah, okay, yep. so, but, yeah, so mine's a little bit different, like, but even then, like, I was looking at my own Star Wars ranking yesterday, and I was like, all right, this one's first, and this one's second, and this one's third, and I'm like, no, this one's third, or is it this one, It's or become, is it 
this one. It's become way too hard to rank them, and that's and I mean, and like, yeah, it's always hard for me to rank things, but like, it's become way too hard. There's, it's way too complicated. I will say, yeah. I do even after the second viewing, I do think, I do think that I enjoy the Mandalorian more. I or the Mandalorian feels more in place with Star Wars. Yep. Than than really than the sequel trilogy does. I, I feel like they I nailed agree. the feeling of the world and the galaxy of Star Wars in the Mandalorian in a way that mm-hmm. the sequel trilogy has not quite. I have a theory about that. And one, I think one, I think I have facts about it. One, Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni, Dave Filoni is a answer. huge part of that. And John Favreau is not getting enough credit. He is the showrunner. Like, agreed. you know, so John Favreau is a huge part of that. Dave Filoni is another part of that. Deborah Chow is a huge part of that now. She's she has been fantastic, and she may, that makes me so excited for the Obi Wan series that she's going to be showrunning. So excited for the Obi Wan series. Um, I was before I saw her episodes. Now I'm like, just give Deborah Chow everything. Give her everything. This is great. She's so good. Oh my gosh! But anyway, so I, I think, think Deborah Chow and Dave Filoni are the future of cinematic Star Wars. By the way, me too. Me too. It Dave Filoni should have been the future of cinematic Star Wars from the beginning. I think he's finally getting that recognition and i hope he becomes like the feige that's see but that's what's missing from you could argue that kathleen kennedy is supposed to be the feige but she's she's really not yes because feige gets marvel like he he understands the property to which he's working and she she gets a lot of star wars but she's just it's just not she's not say like a fan yeah. Uh, the way that the way that Feige Feige's a like he reads comics every week. Like I mean, and like I think it's like the way that maybe we read comics every week. And we're like, yeah, I read them every week, and that means I have about two hundred like <laughs> that I'm like backlogged on. But he's you know, up to date, and he he is a fan, was a fan from the beginning. Kathleen right. Kennedy was not a fan from the beginning. She was one of George's producers from the beginning, so she was like a like you know a, right. on, the, on the creative team in a sense from the beginning uh, or from very early on, mm-hmm. but um. But she's not a fan in the same way. And I hear a lot of vilifying of Kathleen Kennedy that I think is totally uncalled for and totally unfair. I, I absolutely agree. She I is she... one of the most successful producers in Hollywood and should be recognized as such. And, and she's and, a nice lady, too. And, and just, a, a, yeah, right. And and also just a human being with feelings and shouldn't have things said about her. Yep, um, I, I 100% agree. And don't, like, everyone shut up. Like, she's, shut also, up. she's, she's also given you the Mandalorian. Right. That's also Kathleen Kennedy. Right. And you know what? She gave you Rogue One, too. Yeah. Shut up. Right. Like, right. You exactly. know, like she does. It's just that she's not she's not a story person the way that she's a business person. It's And it's also like maybe she doesn't want to tell the same stories that you want to hear, but that doesn't make her a bad storyteller or a bad person. That so, is also absolutely true. Anyway, yeah. that's my little rant about Kathleen Kennedy. But more to the point about Dave Filoni. It's really more like your little defense about Kathleen Kennedy, yeah, which I yeah, enjoy. Sure. Yeah. Um, yes, in defense of, of Kathy Kennedy. But um, it, it, more to the point about Dave Filoni and, and him being the Feige, I think, and this is what I was saying earlier, I think that the rollout of future, you know, big ticket Star Wars films, like not a Star Wars story films, but like banner Star Wars, mm-hmm. you know, we can't call them saga films anymore, I guess, but um, consisting of like Poe, Ray, and, and Finn. Um, I think those are going to roll out more like Marvel movies where they won't be episodes. Mm-hmm. They won't be, but they will have a continuing story, right? All the Marvel movies have interconnected continuing stories. Yep. We might get one-off movies about like a Poe movie or a Finn movie or a Jaina movie or whatever, but it will continue the story from the last movie and you will need to see all of them for the story to line up the same way the MCU does. Yes. Um, I think we're headed into more of an MCU treatment of Star Wars. And a, a couple of years ago, I would have been, even a year ago, I might've been against that. But now, not so much. Now, not so much because I'm okay with like they've wrapped up the Skywalker saga, even though Ray's a Skywalker. Like it's not the original Skywalkers. The Luke, right. the Luke and Anakin story is is done, mm-hmm. um, and um, I think it's we're ready for a new era. I'm excited for a new era, and I th- I kind of think that makes the most sense for them going forward. I think they wanted to move away from the episode numbers anyway. Yes, they um, did. They were trying to move away from the episode numbers at the Force Awakens. Yes. Remember? Yes, because they've they've yeah. been they haven't been using the episode numbers in marketing whatsoever. The only place the episode numbers appear is in the crawl of the film and nowhere else. Right. That's fine. That's you fine. Continue to do that though. That's I mean, fine. they they whatever. can you know they can still do a crawl. They can still do you know a long time ago in a galaxy far far away. They can do all those things. I I have a feeling we may be moving away from the crawl and and those things because we didn't get one in Solo. Did we get one in Rogue One? No. Nope. Right. Mm-mm. So. Nope. I think I think they may be pulling back from that, and like the nine episodes are done, and a lot of 
a lot of those tropes of Star or, or, or hallmarks yep. of Star Wars mm-hmm. maybe are going to be like, well, we used to do that in that era, but that era is over now. So here's the new era. Then that's okay. I mean, I'm okay with that. An, an opening crawl does not make Star Wars like it's part of it. But you know, now there are there are nine movies where you can read a crawl. You know, and that's almost more special that way. Yes, it's like this is the you know the crawl was for the, this story, this long nine episode story, but that story's been told now. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I think not just like we, we talked about, um, you know, they're going maybe the Marvel, the Marvel route of interconnected universe, uh, storytelling. That's kind of how most franchises have moved. Yeah. You know, we, we used to be in, uh, you can watch the trend. It used to be one movie, then you make a sequel nothing's connected, so on and so forth. Uh, or you have trilogies, and it's a set trilogy, like, bam, it's done. We've done our three, we're moving on. We've done our, or we've done our quad, and we're moving on. You know, things like that. And then, and then Marvel came along and reinvigorated the interconnected universe. Um, and so... But I think um, the most important thing about Marvel, the thing that they've done the most well... Mm-hmm. is to have a story plotted out for it. It's going to be a long sort of indeterminate number of films, but we know where we're going with them. And it even it took Marvel time to figure that out too, because if you watch phase one, not everything lines up. No, no. they figured it out around phase two. Yes. Yeah, it took a little bit of time, but they've done the grunt work, and so now the other another company within Disney can kind of benefit yeah. from that storytelling device. I mean... Daisy Ridley said she can't imagine returning to Star Wars after this movie. She's like that was one of her lines in, in an interview. Yeah. However, I think that if she said, "Yeah, I would love to do more Star Wars. I'm definitely going to do more." That would ruin a lot of the like tension in the movie if you knew she was coming back because she like she died and I was like, "Well, that was it. That was like that they really did that." And they did that to right. me twice. Yeah. Like I I really thought that they, I thought that they had, she had killed Kylo, and I really thought that they had, um, they had killed her. I was like, that's the end. I and thought they really killed Chewie. I, for some reason, did not. Hmm. I don't, oh, know why I know they didn't? Because one of the trailers has him flying with Lando, and I hadn't seen that oh, scene that's yet. right. You know, I didn't even think about that in the moment. I was so caught up in her, like, you know, force pulling a transport that I was like, oh, oh my God, so cool. did it. I really liked this. I really liked this story of Ray sh- struggling with with the dark side and like mm-hmm. realizing she's taken it too far. I love the Force Lightning. You know, I wasn't even thinking yet about her being potentially a Palpatine. So when me I saw either. the Force Lightning, it didn't make me think, "Oh my God, she must be a Palpatine." It just made me think, like, "Wow, she has dipped. She was using the Force so intensely, and she dipped into the anger side of the Force. She dipped into the dark side, yep. and it resulted in lightning, right? And and yep. and that's how she took it too." Like, yep, oh, man, that's, I'm, I'm that's losing control. It. I'm losing control of my emotions. I need to I need to go be alone like Luke did forever until I die. Yep. Yep. Because that is the Jedi. I stay maintain that is the Jedi way. That's the Jedi way. <laughs> go out into the desert. Go away from civilization like Obi-Wan, like Luke, like like mm-hmm. Yoda. Just yep. Go be a hermit. Yep. Go be a hermit. Go be like go be John the Baptist. Go eat some yes. locusts. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> go eat some porks. <laughs> oh, I love that they they were back even for the briefest amount of time because they're one of my favorite creatures yeah. in all of I, yeah I like them too I like them too did you um speaking of creatures did you catch the second Mark Hamill character no the um the um guy with the horns at the beginning they were like win the war oh, that, that guy was Mark that's, Hamill that was Mark Hamill uh huh no Mark Hamill. way yep confirmed. Uh- too wow. yeah i heard it this i heard it yesterday and i was like that's mark hamill i'm almost positive and then i looked online and I was like, yep there he is that's never mark yep. would have pegged that wow and now i'm looking forward to seeing it again for that yep. alone mm-hmm. um wow wow okay cool that's really cool i love that there were there were a lot of voice um a lot of people doing voiceovers like f- famous people who got like i think did like stormtroopers and stuff so actually i was trying to pin some of those names not not excluding the jedi like yeah, yeah, yeah. i was jedi trying was to really cool but yes. yeah i was what were some of who were some of the people well, i mean they, okay well they weren't like huge celebrities but they were like sort of like oh that that person like like uh George Harrison's son is a stormtrooper. Really? Randomly. Like, he, I mean, he's in England, so I guess, I don't know, he's friends with JJ or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. But there were things, people like, of, of sort of that level. I heard Ed Sheeran might have been a stormtrooper. Um, oh, yes. I think I think that's been confirmed, yeah, okay. actually. 
Um, he's a little short for a stormtrooper. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was trying to pin some of those voices. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't exactly. Uh, did you have you looked up the Jedi who voice who are voiced at the end by yes. any chance? Yes, um, I have with the names because I, um, I did stay through the credits per your instruction. Um, yes. To read all the actors who came back, and so you know, you got your Hayden Christensen, you've got your Samuel Jackson, and your Liam Neeson, Ewan McGregor, yes, um, and uh, Alec, Guinness. Alec Guinness, yep, yep. Mm, they use the same clip from from Force Awakens. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's good. Frank Oz, of course. Frank Oz, yeah. Um, you had um, Freddie Prince Jr. who played Kanan. Yep, I heard him distinctly uh, too, yeah. and I yeah. heard um, Ahsoka. Um, can't Ahsoka, remember. Ashley Eckstein. I, thank you. Yep. Uh, Ayla Secura, uh, voiced by Jennifer Hale. Luminara, voiced by Olivia Dabo. Um, yeah. those, so those are, are names. Like, those are those are names that are known from like animated series and and people who like know the Jedi who are in the background of the prequels, but right. they never necessarily speak. Were well, yeah, or never had like. I mean, they were like background characters, right? Background Jedi, sure, but but explored in Clone Wars. Ayla Secura is like. Explored yeah, famously. Ayla, in, in Clone Wars quite things. a bit, I believe. Yeah, uh, she's Luminara. one of the people. She's one of the ones gunned down in Order sixty six. You can see it on yes the, uh, film, like the big mushroom Wizard of Oz planet. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she's that's a right. Twilight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So so yeah, we got, even got some of the sort of less well known ones were were thrown in there for atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You know. Yes, I meant Alice in Wonderland, not Wizard of Oz. I don't know why oh. I said Wizard of oh, Oz. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, there's, potato, so there's like mushrooms in my pota- command, aren't potato there? tomatoes you sure. know whatever yeah but yeah uh liam neeson i don't know if we mentioned liam neeson but yep. yeah yeah um, yeah he, he has a very distinctive voice so yes. uh, yeah yes. that one stood out for sure mm-hmm. um i love that ewan mcgregor's line was a Changed. mirror of mm-hmm. what he said in the force week these are your first steps these are your last steps these yep. are your final steps or less final steps yeah steps. yeah, yeah. I, I, Go ahead. go ahead. Go ahead, please. No, no, no. I don't have anything to go ahead. I, have... I, there was a lot of mirroring. JJ did a lot of bookending. Um, oh, yes. Right? Like yeah. the whole conversation with with Ben and Han, which like, can you believe that Harrison Ford was in this movie and no, no. one knew it? No one. No, literally nobody. My theater gasped. Yeah, mine too. Mine yeah. too. Yeah. Um uh he he was uh that that conversation was a mirror of their conversation in the force awakens like they were out on a platform and a lot of kylo's lines were the same lines your son is dead mm-hmm. uh i know what i need to do but i don't know if i have the courage to do it like he said the same things it was a mirror image of that same conversation down to the down to the um fact that like in one in the force awakens they were in darkness and in the the rise of skywalker they were in a brightly lit you know open mm-hmm. air um just very much like the two sides of the same coin this this scene how, very, how it could have gone much. how it should have gone in the force awakens almost you know yeah it was even shot from the same angle yes actually which yes. i really appreciated like they were positioned the same way on on the ledge like he on was the, holding like, his lightsaber in the same way all, all that stuff like it, yeah yeah it, there was a lot of that there was a lot of that even in movie because i'm a jj's really big on lighting cues and telling you things by telling you things by lighting and juxtaposing different positions together that bridge scene in force awakens is like a perfect example of like kylo's faces in blue and red the whole time and then when he decides to murder han it goes to red right yes, before he does yes, it and like right. all this it's very he's very good at that um and he does it again here in rise of skywalker where ray is cast in she's cast all in blue when when the truth is revealed to her and the lighting hits her in the same face. It's like a low key, and like half of her face is in shadow. Um, and then, like in her like darkest, like this is your heritage. I'm, you know, like you're, you know, you're a Palpatine. You're this. You're this. I'm trying to be quiet because my wife is in the house. She hasn't seen the movie yet, so I don't want to like <laughs> okay, fair. spoil spoil anything for her. Um, but uh, you know, like, and then at the end when it's when she turns around, she like when it comes back to. I am all the Jedi. I'm a this. I'm a that. It's the same exact lighting, mm. same exact blue, lit the same way. But her face, it's like a, it's a. She's on a close up, and her face is a completely opposite emotion. But it hits. But like you could frame them side by side and see her like path to that. It's it. Ah, it was so good. It's these so are the things good. that make it like th- these. Are, 
you know, because you watch the movie for like the plot and like what cool things happen the first time. And then you start to see like you start to see like cinema happen in front of you. You start to see the the techniques that J.J. is using to tell a really good story. And that that's why I think it like elevated in my in my book for me, because he is a good filmmaker. He's a very good filmmaker. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I, I I really did. You know, I feel like the Rotten Tomatoes score is uh, a little harsh. Um, it's at, sitting it's still around fifty eight percent. I think it's yeah. a little harsh, but not that far off. Uh, no, to me, to me, I, I would give it. I would give it more of like a seventy. Like it's 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 got, Star Wars starts at like it it, it it's got like. Uh, for me, anyway, it's always going to like start around like forty. Like you can't do much worse than that. Yeah, and then and then it just builds up from there, right? So it's almost uh, he, like you get points in the SAT just for showing up, and then your your score builds up from there. Sure, it's kind of how it is for me. Yeah, if you look, I think sometimes we look at the the Rotten Tomatoes algorithm like zero to a hundred as like you would in school. Like mm. if you get anything below like a sixty, you failed. You know what I right, mean? Right. Like, oh yeah, I certainly it, wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't apply yeah, that metric. Right, and so like, and so you look at a, you would look at a fifty eight and be like. Well, that's a failure. Like right. it's not it's not an A, B, C, or D, it's an F. But that's not really how the number system works. It's it's literally in the middle. Like yeah. so fifty eight yeah. is like yeah, it's it's middling. It's neither great nor terrible. It's right. right in the middle. Right. And it maybe falls a little bit on the lo- like lower scale of maybe where you want it, but I would pretty much put this at I'd probably put it at like a sixty like maybe let's, put it, let's yeah. put it this way what letter grade would you give this movie i'd give it a c i give it a, like a b minus yeah you um, know like like not maybe terrible, a c plus bad, yeah. but like like there's plenty going for it i really really liked it and i i, I have a feeling i'm gonna like it more the more i watch it yeah i mean i technically speaking like i also give the phantom menace a c but it's yeah. my one of my favorites you know, mm, and it's contra- controversial. I know, um, but I think it. I think it. I think Phantom Menace is one of the better looking Star Wars because it, it's not fully digitized yet. Um, Fair, and I and uh, I think the the story structure. Like I I like the space politics part of Star Wars. I like I actually miss that part of Star Wars where they they've been pretty much avoiding it, and I. I like when they're arguing about stuff and the formation of the empire and things like that. Like that is, it's interesting to me. And so Hmm. I, this new trilogy, I'm kind of like, well, I mean, space adventures are fun and everything, but I, I kind of like the, I kind of like the boardroom stuff too. They still have prequelitis though. Disney does. So we're not, we're not going to see that anytime Uh, soon. No, I don't think it, which is a shame because there's a huge conglomerate of star Wars fans out there who were, like built on those prequels who are absolutely fine with space politics and yeah i think they'll come around i think a time will come where like the the prequel generation will become in charge tellers yeah yeah in charge yeah yeah Yeah. but for now i look forward to like the filoni uh uh, favreau um deborah chow like i look forward to that you know those folks really taking over in the cinematic universe yeah um, and seeing what they do Agreed. I speaking of the, um, I wanted to go back to this when we were talking about Marvel. Uh, Rise of Skywalker was shot on thirty-five millimeter, and if you want to get really like cinema technical, yeah, uh, I really appreciate that because if we're comparing it to Marvel, and this is like you know because the two big franchises, whatever, uh, that that rake in the money, Marvel's shot digitally. Yes, and if yes. you're if you're looking, I mean, it might mean almost nothing, but colors and blacks show up more on film and so like when when they're in the sith temple and everything is really black and really dark and like there's a big contrast between light and everything like that you don't get that in digital that's you right. can only get it on film that's right that's why yeah. if you if you line up marvel films a lot of them look gray almost like even the darkest darks are still kind of gray they just don't they just don't get that depth of saturation uh and that's why I think, like, that's why I just think it just looks so good. So I hope they continue to shoot in 35 millimeter because, one, it's keeping Kodak in business. But two, <laughs> um, two, I like there's, 
you can't beat the color contrast that JJ brings out. I love the look of film. I have to say, I saw this film first in in like just standard. Yeah. Um, I don't really like 3D, so I, I I try to avoid 3D as much as I can. I saw it in mm-hmm. standard first, and then I saw or like Dolby Atmos, I guess. Uh, and then I saw it in IMAX 2D, and it oh. looked surp superb in IMAX 2D, uh, like outstanding. So mm. if if anyone hasn't seen it or plans on seeing it again, I mean, if you haven't seen it, I hope you weren't listening to this. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, if you plan on seeing it again, if you can find an IMAX 2D screening where you are, I would I would really recommend that it looks fan freaking tastic in IMAX. It just yeah. oh really pops. It yeah maybe that'll be my next maybe that'll be nice. my next time. Nice. I don't know. We should probably wrap things up soon, but what, what other things haven't we mentioned that we want to get out there? We're going to talk about this movie. I think we'll probably do like a follow-up up episode maybe in a week or so, mm-hmm. uh, a week or two. Um, I think yeah. we should because I think there's just so much to be said. But yeah. what things must we say today? Um, that first planet that Kylo is on is Mustafar, apparently. Oh, okay. I like that. The, the opening scene. Yeah. I wish that there was a bit of Vader's castle somewhere. Oh, yeah, that would um, be cool. That would have been super cool. I, I mean, I assumed it's been ransacked in the 30-plus years since Vader has been dead. I'm sure Kylo has ransacked it and taken every, like, every, like... Uh, oh, I'm sure. You I'm know, sure. Yeah, but... Every it, little memento he can he could find. Yeah, apparent, but it, apparently it was supposed to be Mustafar, which is pretty cool. That's cool. I did feel like the, the battle um on, on Endor with all the water felt like water Mustafar. Like, it was the Mustafar battle, but in water. <laughs> Uh, yes, you know we haven't actually two things we we before we wrap up because we two things we've actually not talked about at all. Kylo's redemption. Yes. Um, we have not talked about that. We have not talked about Leia at all. True. True. Um, so I think we should we should cover and Luke for that matter. So we should we should cover those things quickly. Yes, I we've talked about Kylo's redemption off air, so I'm going to say the same thing I I said to you just so it's on record. All. Ben Solo wanted to be was his grandpa Anakin Skywalker. He wanted to be Darth Vader in the worst way. That's why he looks the way he looks. He acts the way he acts, so on and so on and so on. Ironically, Ben Solo sacrifices his life for somebody else after his absolute for part of his absolution, his, you know, whatever. So in like he does ironically become his grandfather that yep. way. He where he wants to be Darth Vader, but he becomes Anakin Skywalker by the end, where he gives of his life force to Rey. Right. So, um, you know the like Mandalorian introduced force healing to the cinematic, you know, Star Wars and not just the paper one. Force healing's been around. It's not that's not new. Um, it's just new for the screen. Right, and so I I love that, and there's a lot of tell in that where Ray keeps flexing the hand to which she um Ray keeps flexing the hand to which she used to heal the big um, sand snake, you know, like so she she literally she says she gave part of her life force to the snake, and so Kylo uses all of his life to bring Ray back, mm-hmm. which in some ways like negates death in Star Wars now. Like, if you think, like, but I mean, sort of, because, like, you are giving of your life for somebody else's, like, laying down your life. There's no greater act of love, so on and so on and so on. Yeah, yeah. So I liked that bit of redemption for him because he, if he just, like, showed up and helped her win, like, that does not negate that he, that he's killed a lot of people and he, he was in on the First Order and that he murdered his father. And, like, there's a, there's a lot that he has to absolve for, and his like showing up at the end in a ripped T-shirt like is not. That's not going to be the thing that does it, but giving his life so she can live—that's a thing. That's a thing. Yeah, and well, I, I, I it's really the same way his that. grandfather did. Exactly. Yeah, like Vader can't just be like, and now I'm now everyone will love me because I did this. Like, nope, you killed a lot of people, Darth Vader. Like, you're you are a terrible, terrible person. So, um, so I, I think that was great for, I think that was great. That was a good wrap up on him. Although I am bummed if there are more stories with these characters, that's it for Adam Driver because he is an immense talent and I will miss him. Yeah. Yeah. It is too bad. It is too bad. Um, but I feel like, I feel like we don't need like a Kylo Ren movie. Um, I feel like that's, 
that might still happen in comics. We might still get more like, you know, things that were happening during the First Order era in, like, in, a, in a comic or a novel or something. But I don't know if we'll see it on the screen. No, I don't think so either. I don't know uh, if I need it. I don't think I need it either. I wouldn't I mean, I'll always read a comic or a book or whatever. But, you know, on the screen that it'll feel more it'll feel like a force. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like. yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Um, and as for Leia. Um, I think that they worked with what they had pretty masterfully. Mm. And I mm. that was tough. And I. I was a little confused the first time as to, like, why she died. But um, she reached out with everything she had left to talk to Ben, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Across, space and, across space and time, she, she reached out with everything she had to die. And I read that Rise of Resistance book, and now that, like, now that this... Um, yes. I enjoyed no, your the, read up episode on it. Oh, thank you. Um I what I didn't mention on that episode, which I will mention here, is that she um um she had never really fully recovered from her jaunt in space, where she was still kind of ill ah. uh and weak. And so for her to reach out like that is like she was she never really recovered. Which they don't say in the movie, but like I mean, she's she doesn't move very much, obviously, because, you know, they of what they were working with. But right. There's a part of like she she does not have she didn't have the vigor that she had before and this was kind of the end that was kind of the end of that. That's interesting. That that makes a lot of sense that she hadn't quite recovered from that yet. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, but I thought it what it worked very well. Impressive and, I, and very impre- it, most impressive uh, yep. what they were able to do with with what they had. Yep. And uh, the um the training sequence between Luke and Leia. Hands down, one of the best things I've watched in Star Wars. What a surprise. I was not expecting anything like that. I was not really expecting to find out that Leia had trained as a Jedi. Um, you know, we always knew she was powerful in the Force, but I didn't ever think that she would have formally trained. And, um, why, she, and why she didn't, and why she never completed why her she training. Didn't follow through, and, but, but it gave her what she needed to train Rey. That's right. Yeah, that plus the books and everything. And I love that because people were really bummed that, she didn't train because that was a big Legends thing, you know, original Star Wars canon. And then they opted not to go in that direction, and then Ryan Johnson did the thing with the Force. And this is one of those times where they didn't ignore what he did, but they validated they it. They built and I, on it. They built on it quite well. And also the helmet that Rey uses in her training sequence is the same one Leia is wearing in that training sequence, Oh, by nice. the way, which nice. is cool. That makes sense. Leia would have given it to her. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. She would have had it. And I like that Luke had her lightsaber. Yes. and that it's buried and all that. I get we have more to explore. We're, so we're not much, but yes. But I love, I love, I loved all of that. I was not expecting to enjoy the Leia piece. I, f- I thought it would feel more shoehorned than it did. It really felt pretty, especially on subsequent viewing. Um, it, yeah, it works better the second time. It fits. Yeah, it works. It does. Yeah, work. it works really well. I don't. What I don't think works is Chewie getting the medal. That's so strange to me. It's a little funny. Um, but it's kind of heartwarming at the same time because it's for, fa- you know, that's, that's pure fan service of like, he didn't get a medal in the first one. So now he gets his medal. Like, yeah, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't mind that as much. I don't mind it nearly as much as I, as I mind the Raylo kiss, which we don't really have time to talk about, but I really didn't care for that. No, I didn't care for that either. I, was it you were, I think you had said that it's like, it's like a goodbye almost as opposed to like a, I love you kind of thing. It's I like didn't a thank- say that, but, I, but oh, was, somebody said that to me, where it's like it's like a thank you kiss, as opposed to a, or a, as opposed to a like I love you, can't wait to spend the rest of my life with you. Second time I watched it, I literally had the thought, how hard would it be for like a fan to just edit out that one shot of the kiss? Like, does the scene still work if it's like they're looking into each other's eyes and then he keels over and like you know what, it does work. You could just yeah, like a fan edit could just pull that right out and it wouldn't yeah. affect anything. <laughs> Yeah, but I think that was again. I think that was one of the things from the whiteboard. Totally, it absolutely was because so many fans wanted one of the one of that. They weren't going to give it to them full full force, but they would give them a nod. Yeah, here's no. your Raylo moment. Didn't like it. I didn't. But like it. there's a kiss in every Star Wars though, so or every Star Wars trilogy. Yeah, I guess so, that's true. So yeah. we got one now. There you I go. Guess. There you go. All right. Well, I guess I guess we really should wrap up. So Frank, where can the people find us? Uh, you can find us at beerwithgeeks.com. Uh, we just published our holiday special last uh, last week. I hope you enjoyed that. All of our shows crossed over, um, all of our shows from thoughtbubbleaudio.com. So I hope you enjoyed that little Christmas card from us to you. Um, 
we are on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Spotify, everywhere podcasts are found. You can tweet at us at Beer with Geeks or email us beerwithgeeks at gmail.com. I think we're going to take uh, a little bit of a break here as we head into the new year. Um, so uh, we'll be no new episode the week of New Year's, but we'll be back right after that, taking a little holiday break. Uh, but thank you all so much for listening. We love you all so much. Uh, it's it's been um, I mean we're you know we're past our five years now. But as we as we hit the end of the year, happy holidays, uh, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, uh, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy everything, uh, Happy New Year. We love you all. Thank you for listening, and uh, we're back in 2020. This is our last podcast, I guess, of this decade. Wow. Ooh, I like that we went out on Star Wars. That's pretty sweet. Feels right. Feels right. Feels. I have good. a feeling feels good i have a feeling oh man we I de- there's definitely more to talk about and it's like sitting in the back of my brain as soon as we're stop recording we'll be what? like oh shoot. in 2020 we'll, we'll we'll circle back i think in january we should do like a, a part two of this and just yeah like, yeah you know because we we did exactly what i think we didn't really talk about it in line with the other movies like how it stacks and we didn't really talk we didn't talk about palpatine like at all yeah he looked, yeah. He looked great he looked he, great he did look great the milky eyes was a really creepy touch i liked it oh I, horrifying so yeah. anyway but frank uh, this was great. And so, until next time, cheers. cheers. May the force be with you. Always. Right? <laughs> this is your last podcast. <laughs> I just stopped recording, but you can keep that in if you want. <laughs> <laughs>